0: how to party. Um, Not all of Rich people, whoa, 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 knows how to party. In the township of the losers, in the township of Matt in the township from 1809, we keep it rockin' we keep it rockin' Now Let me welcome you to the Wild Wild South Richfield, you know what I'm talking about Where the kids' old schools are about to come down Brick by brick, it will fall and litter the ground It's a soccer mom town with a Pancho beat Where the Coliseum was and we stomped our feet the calves, the force, and the Cleveland Crunch Where Matt Coba's mom took your money for lunch We've been podcasting now for over a year Matt Scott go around talking off your ear It's a small miracle that we've gotten this far Two-minute mens boys with a really low bar It's all good heading down towards Ever, Except for those potholes that ruined my bet Raise up a whoop, I want to hear you squeal If you want to get down to South Ridgefield South Ridgefield knows how to party Rich B. O-O-O-O knows how to party In the township of the Moonsers In the township of Matt Coman In the township from 1809 We keep it rocket, We keep it rocket.
1: Hello, everyone. This is President Donald Trump, and I want to let everyone know that you are listening to the South Richfield Podcast with your hosts, Scott
0: Luther and Matthew Choma. Hey there, everybody! It's time for the South Richfield. Jeez, oh, oh man!
2: Hey, everybody! It's that time of the month again. Oh. It's <laughs> it's time for the South Richfield podcast. Oh. With Matt Coma and Scott Luther. How's it going, Matt? It's going great, Scott. How are you doing? You're doing great. It's it's uh, the middle of April. Jeez, I mean, what a month. So, Winter
1: is gone. Spring is upon us. And everything seems to be happening right now.
2: Yeah. You've got, let's see, taxes are due. Yeah. Indians season started. Mm-hmm. NFL draft is coming up at the end of the month. I am very nervous. April Fool's already happened. Say what now? <laughs> Jeez, it's just, you know, kids kids are off of spring break, unless unless uh, your kids haven't even had spring break yet. Do you have it well, the week my, before Easter or week after Easter? My kids have theirs. Apparently our school is...
1: Uh, Centers their spring break around the vernal equinox. I think it must be the school board must be run by pagans. But my wife, um, the lovely Penny, is a school teacher for Toledo Public Schools, and they center their spring break. Well, they have their spring break start starting after Easter. Oof. So we have we have the pagans. Uh, so yeah. We had it like in in. Uh,
2: last week of March, right after the vernal
1: equinox, and then we have the Christians <laughs> <laughs> running to live a public school. So yeah, she's about to start. Uh, so she's going to have a spring break without any kids uh, of our own kids, and without any kids in her class, of course, and without me. She refers to it as her week of unicorns.
2: Oh my gosh!
1: So she'll have the whole house to herself.
2: It sounds magical.
1: I believe that she can't wait. She gets this kind of faraway look in her eyes when she starts talking about it. No. You know, one thing that other people do during this time of year is they get their garden started. Um, we have ourselves a nice little plot. We actually have uh, a mulch pit or pile, really, where we take our leaves and our food scraps and mix it all together and, I'll take some sort of bacteria thing that I bought from the store and sprinkle that in there, and we'll mix it up all throughout the year. Um, and that really it gets rejuvenated with the fall leaves. And so this time of year, it's, uh, we're almost ready to start our garden again. And what we end up with is just this beautiful, rich soil. Um, and then we have um, some raised boxes that we plant, um, well, you know your typical stuff, Beans, tomatoes, peppers, and uh, whatever was in the uh, the food waste that we threw away just seems to come up. <laughs>
2: <laughs> so a nice little compost uh, pit you've got there.
1: Yeah, it's exactly what it is. That's
2: awesome. And then what we've
1: also started, Jack and I just started uh, worm farming.
2: Worm farming?
1: Yep. The kids used to have a um, little sandbox that uh, they're too big for anymore (laughs) and the cat would love to use it but we're not going to allow that so what we did is we emptied out the sandbox and we threw in some of this compost um soil our, our homemade soil and then jack is going around finding worms and throwing them in the um in the the sandbox um with the hopes that the one worm meets another worm and worms do what worms do and then we'll eventually have a whole host of worms in there so we'll keep throwing more and more worms in wow um And then so he can use these worms for fishing. What I was thinking of doing just to kind of, because the the little worms around here, they're about like, I don't know, three inches long or whatever. But I was thinking of going to a bait store and going and buying the gigantic Canadian night crawlers. (laughs) And then after about two weeks, throwing those in there and going, look at
0: this.
2: (laughs) That that reminds me of a story from high school. I was, uh, I worked at McDonald's. Uh, Obviously we've talked about this before. But uh one night I think we we had some like rotten potatoes in the house and uh I'm like I'm gonna go out and plant these and my brother Dan, he's like, what, what's gonna happen with that? And so I I uh I planted these potatoes. Well later in the night I took a bag of McDonald's French fries <laughs> and replaced the potato uh-huh. with these fries <laughs> Then, like, the next day, we went out there <laughs> and dug it up. I'm like, look at that! <laughs> it turned into french fries. <laughs> he couldn't believe it. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, good times. <laughs> so, so, we we used to have a huge garden. I, this was when the kids were very young when we first moved to... Uh, North Richfield. Uh yeah. I started a garden that was forty by eighty feet and it wow. was just it was my my eyes were bigger than my hands or something. <laughs> I I planted you like had, everything. You had
1: these grand visions when you moved back oh, to North yes. Richfield. I'm of, like,
2: I'm a real I've farmer. Your entire family. <laughs> I'm like, I'm gonna show yeah, these you to say
1: I'm gonna get back into this smart
2: business. I I'm gonna show these chumps how to farm so uh i had tim come over and <laughs> and uh rototill or disc up everything for me so i could actually get get the planting done and i planted you know squash cucumbers beans tomatoes peppers beets uh sweet potatoes onions everything peas wow it was it was awesome and but the only problem is the weeding because yes. Pretty much did it in the middle of the yard. all this grass just started coming up, and I could not keep up with it and I had two two small children at the time who wouldn't really help they'd come up and I'd say, "Okay, grab some of those weeds and they'd be eating the the peas off the off the bush and whatever else they were doing tomatoes
1: go inside and see your mom
2: <laughs> so finally, probably two or three years ago, I stopped. And uh, Wade started his own garden right outside the house with, in a raised bed. So he was just yelling at Trevor tonight to get out of his garden because the fence is broken now. So we're going to have to re-fence it for uh, for the upcoming season and see what he plants. There's still some carrots coming up. Or, you know, they came up and we never dug them up. So there's still some carrots in there we we could potentially harvest.
1: Wow. Yeah, they've got to be like four feet long. I know.
2: <laughs> <laughs> they were those little stubby ones. Oh, so
1: but he grew- gets uh, a lot of varmints out there.
2: There's some varmints. There's some varmints running around. A lot of moles. We have a lot of moles around our house. Mm.
1: Yeah, you, you, know. you have clay soil or sandy soil.
2: Uh, it's more clay soil. It's not. It's not the greatest. Certain parts of the yard are worse than others. Like I planted some trees in some parts that are really. Clay, like the west side of my yard is mostly clay. It seems like, but the the further east you go, you're getting towards where the cows used to graze and everything, and I think that's a, a little richer. Ah, uh, so
1: thanks, thank you, cows.
2: Thank you, cows. So,
1: how long has Wade been in? Is this his second year getting into the gardening?
2: I think this is his third, maybe that he's had this little little box. He has a green thumb. He 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 actually used to help me more than Nolan. But uh, Wade's Wade's more of the farming type, I would say, and he likes to he likes to pick his veggies and eat them. I don't know what he's going to grow this year though. We didn't start any tomato from seed or peppers from seed, which we do sometimes. We'll start them indoors, so we're you know by the time the end of May comes around, we can transplant them. That's usually when we start doing all our planting. Probably the last couple weeks of May. April's too early.
1: It is? I think so.
2: (laughs) Maybe in Toledo you have a more mild climate.
1: It, It is balmy in Toledo. You'll do better in Toledo. You'll
2: do better in Toledo.
1: Our area here is the Great Black Swamp, and we live in an area within the Great Black Swamp that was referred to, or is referred to as, the Oak Openings. In the middle of that Great Black Swamp, there were these patches of Sand that were left behind as end moraines of the glaciers that came through here that deposited uh, sandy, basically, beaches right. that were in front, front of the lakes. We happen to live on one of those moraines. And so our soil is very sandy. And we have a pond. And down by that pond, you know, where everything was would blow like all the leaves over the years, the soil is very rich. Mm. So we thought that is going to be an ideal spot for our grapes and our uh, raspberries. So we have uh, grapes and raspberries and they take, and they have, a, they're very close to the, uh, we have a fairly high water table. It's in this beautiful rich soil and they're treated and babied and taken uh, sweet, gentle care of by us. And we'll get some decent berries, but maybe 20 feet away in the middle of a thicket (laughs) in a woods area are just some raspberries growing wildly and they are the biggest, sweetest berries that you've (laughs) ever seen. So I think I got to get some of that uh, deer poop or whatever is being dumped on those things because nobody's taking care of them, but uh, you you can't beat those berries.
2: Yeah. Those wild berries. You know, if you know what they are, you're okay. We had some, some like blackberry and raspberry bushes back behind the farm in the woods uh, growing up. And back on the power lines down Alger here, there was, uh there's some elderberry bushes that I know my great aunt would go and, and walk down there and pick elderberries and then make elderberry pie. I don't know even know if I like elderberry pie. I might now. I don't remember if I liked it back then.
1: Yeah, I, I will like about any pie. Uh, I prefer at our wedding we had that I don't know if you remember instead of wedding cake we had a whole bunch of different pies
2: mm, um, mm.
1: because uh, I, I think the pie is the superior dessert to the cake.
2: You might be right. I know,
1: I, I know that that might upset some folks out there, but I stand by
2: it. It's so I'd love to try
1: some of, the, of your aunt's elderberry pie.
2: Well, she passed on, but I have some other aunts oh. who.
1: Can... <laughs> so no pies? What you're saying? <laughs>
2: My aunt Louise would make these pies, and she, you know, she was born in the nineteen teens. Oh my goodness! <laughs> so she's uh you know, she's no longer around. But um, my aunt Barb could probably make us some elderberry pie for when you come to town, and I'll I'll ask her.
1: Well, that'd be that'd be great. Yeah, that would be great. Penny's uh, godmother, Kay Kuhlman makes uh, one of the best pies I've ever had. It is a, let me see if I got this right, a raspberry custard pie. Ooh. No, no, excuse me, rhubarb custard
2: pie. Oh, never mind. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure it's delicious. I, I'm
1: telling it, it'll make you a believer.
2: All right. Get the recipe and uh, I'll give it to my aunt and see if she can replicate it because she has some rhubarb uh, growing in her garden. I see, it, see, I see I it every do. year.
1: I'll see what I can do. I don't know if it's a proprietary situation like intellectual property.
2: Yeah. Hey, uh, I need to tell you about something that happened to me tonight. It was awful. And it has It has to do with this whole produce theme. Never wear white shorts when you're opening a can of beets.
1: <laughs> oh, no.
2: It all started. We had salads for dinner. Uh, I'm on a bit of a health kick, and I'm like, I need my my beets. I love beets on a salad, so I I got the can, and we have a very bad can opener right now, a manual one, and I could not get this thing to, to bite down on this can of beets, so I'm like, okay, go over to the electric. So, it starts opening, and then the can of beets falls off of the can opener and splashes... All over the place. And I'm wearing white running shorts. <laughs> and I was not a happy uh, camper. <laughs> Let me tell you. I hope none of the kids were in the room when that happened.
1: Because they learned some new words, huh?
2: <laughs> well, not really. Because I think I think maybe you heard me. I probably only said the H word. And Wade uh, said, I saw the word H-E-L-L somewhere today. <laughs> So uh, I had to go go do, do some it? spray and wash
1: Oh, Did it come out?
2: I don't know I just pre-treated it And I'll throw it in with a load of whites later on
1: Well the danger is uh, That beet juice That's a powerful dye yep. the, Russians u- the Russians used it back in the day To dye it so they could get reds You might be turning the rest of your whites pink Okay
2: well, maybe I'll wash it by by itself. Maybe do it, do or smaller. short of that,
1: just soak the whole thing in the juice of the beets, and then you'll have some nice pink shorts.
2: <laughs> That's a good idea, because I, you know, I didn't eat all the beets at once, so I saved all the liquid that was left over in the can and put it in the fridge with the leftover beets. So oh, okay. maybe, well, maybe beets I'll take are, that beets one. Beets are good for you. Oh yeah, lots of iron. Mm-hmm. Yep. Good fiber, mm-hmm. but
1: you know they do kind of. Do a number on your inner workings, if you know what I'm saying.
2: I've never had that issue.
1: Oh really? <laughs> you don't notice any change in coloration at all?
2: Only that's only if you eat like the ones right out of the garden. Like if you go to oh, the store right. and buy fresh beets and let's say you roast them.
1: Yes. Then that's how we make our beets. You yeah. can
2: do that. But if if you're buying canned beets, that doesn't tend to happen, I've found.
0: Oh, okay. Because I think
2: those beets are I mean, I don't know how they can those beets. They must cook them and then mm-hmm. can them. Yes. Yeah. But you know, the ones you you make yourself are probably not. You know, they're they're fresher and they. I think they have more of the the coloring properties. <laughs> <laughs> I guess I don't know what that's called. It's it's something we can look up.
1: I think hey, maybe one of our listeners out there in podcast line can shoot us an email
2: about the uh, about the. The beet Beets. coloration. Beet coloration. Yeah. Hey, also speaking of produce, there was a story on NPR the other day. I don't know if you heard about this, or if you're an NPR listener, but so you know those prepackaged salads, right. you know Fresh Express, you see it at the store. Well, and an 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 unwelcome discovery by a couple of salad eaters included a sorted new ingredient. Last Saturday, the company Fresh Express announced a precautionary recall of some of its prepackaged salad mixes after two people in Florida say they found a dead bat in their leafy greens. <laughs> According to the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention, the two had eaten some of the product before finding the decomposed organism in a five-ounce clear container of the organic sites spring mix.
0: <laughs>
2: but out of an abundance of caution, Fresh Express says in a statement, all organic market-side spring-mixed salads from that production lot are subject to the recall. The mix in question was distributed exclusively to Walmart stores located in the southeastern region of the U.S. So any of our listeners there, you might want to check your Fresh Express prepackaged salads for, for, <laughs> for this whatever lot number. You, you can probably find it on their website. But uh, Florida health officials, the FDA, and the CDC have launched an investigation into the matter. Due to the, decayed, the animal's decayed condition, the CDC could not immediately rule out whether this particular bat carried rabies. But no! They recommended the two people who ate the contaminated salad receive treatment for the disease.
1: What was the name of the company?
2: Fresh Express.
1: I would be very curious if Ozzy Osbourne is not on their board.
2: (laughs) Both people report being in good health and neither has any sign of rabies, Ozzy Osbourne reported.
1: (laughs) But it came out like this. (laughs) Sharon!
2: Did they... The deadly rabies virus is endemic to bats across the U.S., but is rarely contracted by humans. And, as the CDC points out, transmission through consuming an infected animal is extremely uncommon. (laughs) The agency adds that it hasn't heard of any other cases of bat material found in packaged salads.
1: Well, you kind of wonder, what is a bat doing in the salad? It's not like... uh what, just went back uh ah, You know, all these uh, moths are really going to my waist. I really need to slim down a little bit here. I think I'll go for some of this uh, iceberg lettuce.
2: Did it like? Was it flying and it it died and fell into the lettuce? Did it have a little bat heart attack? Did it <laughs> was it nibbling on some lettuce? Did it get caught up in some machine that was harvesting lettuce? Late at night, usually those bats have pretty good sonar and avoid large machines that are harvesting lettuce. I've never had yeah. a bat flying to my lettuce harvester.
1: Yeah, of all the bats that I've eaten, none of them have been in list salad. <laughs> Unless I've put chopped up bits of, bits of bats in my salad, which oh, yeah. is a really good product that um, you, you might find. It's really mostly the wings, though, because you get that chewy texture. Yeah. Uh, that you, that's pretty nice. It's kind of and it like, really depends on the type of bat, too.
2: It's kind of like a bat-o-bits.
1: <laughs> right, Like right. bacon bits. And... Yeah, you, they fry them up, put a little mm-hmm. bit of salt on there, and uh, and give it sort of that crackling texture. Crackling. You put that on, and mm, mm. It's alright. Now, the rabies shots that you have to take afterwards, really, you can bypass the whole shot arrangement and just use it as a
2: dressing. <laughs> That would seem like the, the right way to go.
1: I think so. You know, everybody needs a little something on the salad. And, you know, you're kind of killing two birds or really one bat. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and your liver, really. With one shot. Or no shot.
2: Nice. Oh. Well. So those
1: poor people, are they? I I guess the the big question is um, how many zeros are going to be behind the number uh, that they settle for? And um, how many boats will their lawyers buy?
2: <laughs> These poor people. And, oh, one other thing. The CDC advised that people who have eaten the recalled salad product and did not find animal material are not at risk and do not need to contact their health department. So how many people were were contacting their health department saying, I ate lettuce from Fresh Express? There may have been a bad event. it. <laughs>
1: I got ripped off. I ain't got no bat in mine. I paid <laughs> full ingredient.
2: price. Hey, Nolan just walked into the the studio.
1: Hey, Nolan. Hey,
2: What's going on, Noel? He that Nolan? T- he wants me to tuck him in.
1: Oh, well, you can run off and do that. That's important.
2: All right, I'll, I'll be right back. All right. It'll give you a chance to get a drink or whatever. All right. All right.
0: Alright, I'll talk to you in real quick. While
1: Scott's away, we secretly replaced his premium brand coffee with Folger's Crystals. Let's see if he can tell the difference when he comes back. Also, I took a whiz in this coffee. <laughs> Sounds like there's a discussion going on. Hey,
2: wait, that remote control car is right in your doorway and is gonna get stepped on and broken, so make sure
1: you grab that. Oh, he's coming back. Shh, shh, shh! Put your pants back on.
2: Alright, I'm I'm back. No, Alright, great. Sorry about that.
1: We were having a nice little conversation while you were gone. Who was? Nobody. Just us. <laughs> <laughs> no one but us chickens.
2: I can't wait to listen back to this. <laughs>
1: God, he thinks he's
2: so cool. (laughs) I'm the coolest.
1: (laughs) So, um, is that a part of a ritual you guys get every night?
2: Getting tucked in? Yeah. Yeah, you gotta tuck in the kids, and each of them have their own um, their own familiar like, tucking. (laughs) (laughs) Like, uh, so Wade and I do fist bumps, and Nolan is kiss on the cheek, he gives me one, a nosy-nosy, a head bump, a chinny-chinny, and then a hug. So kiss, kiss, nosy-nosy, forehead, chin, hug. It's, it's a... And he has a little OCD. So if you miss one, he'll yell at you.
1: <laughs> he'll know.
2: Yeah. Yeah.
1: I still, at times... That he's just starting to grow out of it, sit in Jack's room until he goes to sleep, and we've done it for so long that it's part of my routine now too, so he's kind of growing out of it now he just turned eleven, so he's kind of growing out, which is a bit late i can't see can't tell you how many times it's interrupted things but <laughs> 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 i but uh I'm starting to I will miss it, you know, cause we sit there and it's our chance to have just some father and son talking time, you know, right. He starts asking questions and we talk about his day. And then it always spins off into something more, uh, you know, that where you never knew it was going to go, you know, how conversations go. Yeah. And, you know, there's going to come a time when he doesn't need me sitting in that chair anymore. And, uh, it's definitely going to be a bittersweet moment. Sure, I'm glad that he's, you know, grown up enough and, and okay going to bed on his own, which he should be at 11 right now. I realize that. But they are a special moment. It
2: is a special moment for me as well.
1: My little boy's becoming a man.
2: <laughs> so, um, Matt, I'm sure you've seen your brother's Facebook postings about the, uh, Richfield School being torn down, and the small building's gone. It's a pile of rubble.
1: Unbelievable.
2: Yeah. And uh, your brother had some good stuff on on Facebook, some good pictures that he took. I'm not sure when he took them. Maybe soon after it closed, I would say?
1: Yeah, I think he got in there, it was uh, mid-90s, I think, 94, 95. Uh, and he has some nice little write-ups on there. He he is a writer, by the way. He wrote a book called Snowville. For any of our um, podcast listeners who are interested, you can find it on Amazon. Snowville, Jim Coma, C-H-O-M-A, or James Coma, C-H-O-M-A. But, yeah, he did some nice write-ups and some nice photos. Um, and it is a time capsule. I, I would be curious to see what the condition of the building was, you know, some thir- 23 years later. Yeah. Right, right prior to uh, – demolition yeah you, you know I was, I was telling somebody at work about this um that the small building and the large building that's going to come down you know it's it is just a building but it's a part of my own personal history and my town's history and um soon it will be as if it was never there and that that building was in some sense a monument to things past and where things happened and was of the location of some very formative events in my life, and now it's as if that was never there, and as if almost as if they never happened
2: yeah it's, it's so there's
1: something like that
2: yeah it's funny thinking about that little building, and you know you you think of richfield school and you you ha- you have the big building, but honestly, you and i we spent we spent six years in classrooms in the little building <laughs> k through five. We were at in the little building. We didn't get to go to the big building until sixth grade, because yeah. by the time we got to that big building, the third floor was already off limits, right? Except for the speech room at the top of the steps.
1: I always felt jipped by that. <laughs> I was one of that third floor experience. Yeah, and you know what you mentioned right there. As weird as it is, that always kind of made me feel a little disconnected to that building.
2: That we didn't get because, to spend as much time in it.
1: Yeah. Yeah. No, exactly.
2: I mean, we got yeah, to spend the, lunch and gym.
1: <laughs> yeah, lunch and gym. And when I had to go to the principal's office,
2: <laughs> music was
1: in there, too.
2: For Yeah, it, it was in there for, what, the first three years? And then when they went to three through six, they had music over um, in the, that corner room where we had kindergarten, remember? Hmm. With Mrs. Kuntz.
1: I See, I remember it being it, you know, right across from the lunchroom.
2: Yeah, it was there for maybe our first th- three years. They also had it. They also had it in the corner room in the little building. That first one that you would see when you walked in. Because I have a picture. I think I'm either in first or second grade. It might have been second grade, but uh, the Beacon Journal was out there, and when they were taking pictures of uh, Miss Ryan's music class. <laughs> And Dave Salomon is doing like a Saturday Saturday night fever move in the picture. His like he, one hand's up and one's down. He's like John Travolta. And then there's a picture of me tying my shoe. <laughs> Scott Luther oh, of uh Richfield taking a break from Miss Ryan's dance class.
0: <laughs> and
1: Dave Salomon is showing us
2: It's quite a picture.
1: He he was one of those guys that he was the, the coolest kid, you know. I remember all the girls chasing him and always wondering where's Dave, where's Dave, where's Dave. <laughs> so naturally, I hated him.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna find that picture and put it on our Facebook page because I know I have it. But uh, Rachel was talking about Dave Solomon Wynn not too long ago. I know at somebody's wedding was it at Dave Barda's wedding? He grabbed some lady and started dancing with her, some housewife. <laughs> was it was it Dave and Rachel's mom? I don't remember. But I don't know. I, I've heard this story I don't that. where Dave Solomon started dancing with. Uh, it might have been my mother-in-law <laughs> at Dave's <laughs> wedding. <laughs> uh,
1: he he's he became a great friend. I but I have not heard from him in. I, I, years. I, I was the best man in his wedding. I have not heard from him, I want to say, from since the wedding. I mean, we were Christmas cards, but I think that's it.
2: Well, here's what we're going to do. Next time you're in town, stop by. You and I will go up and visit Richard and Louise. All right. And, uh, you know, they're still there. I think I told you last year maybe I saw a tree had fallen down on their property. <laughs> <laughs> But, you know, the, the Salomons, the older two, Brian and Kimberly, used to babysit us. Oh, so, really? Yeah. <laughs> Can you imagine?
1: Uh, Kimberly seemed very responsible. Yes. But Brian? Eh.
2: <laughs> we had many babysitters from uh, families on the street growing up. So there were the Salomons. Then there were the Kellys who, like, lived next door to the Salomons. I think one was named Brian, Brian and Pat. We called one of them Woody, but I can't remember which one. <laughs> and then there were the Austins who live across from me now. Their daughter Tracy uh babysat us at, at times. I know uh we would watch would be watching the Muppets. Like what was that on Friday or Saturday night, the Muppet show? And my parents would be getting ready to go out, and that would be on, and we'd be eating TV dinners, and then the babysitter would show up. And as soon as they left, my parents left, I'm sure we were in for beatings and stuff. <laughs> <laughs> or or um, organized wrestling, where I think, uh, I think Woody used to make us wrestle each
1: other. <laughs> <laughs> to find out who was the strongest that it, can be only one.
2: It might have just, thinking about it, it might have been to wear us out so we'd fall asleep. Smart move, Woody. (laughs) Very smart. I'm going to remember that if I'm ever babysitting. (laughs) I guess I could just do that with my kids. I could clear out a big, uh, we clear out all the furniture from the middle of the living room, and that would be the wrestling uh, area. And my dad would do this. As long as you this. make it a,
1: a pit type area, maybe throw some couch cushions in there against like any a,
2: sharp corners.
1: They'll have a ball.
2: Yeah, I know. Uh, when I was growing up, once uh, you know those big console TVs that we used to have in the seventies. Oh yeah, or was, the, it was a piece the, of um, furniture, but it was a TV. Yeah. <laughs> With so a wood
1: heavy coating that it took two, three people to move.
2: Yeah. So uh, something happened. John fell down and hit his head on the corner of the TV. And he had to go to the hospital and get stitches. Mm. When uh, they came back, my dad took a saw and sawed off all the corners of the console. <laughs> <laughs> and my mom's like, that was an anniversary present from your from your grandfather. <laughs> that's, that's exactly something my dad would do. <laughs> Just chop them off. We don't need them. We don't need those corners. they are just going to hurt someone. Who cares? Who cares what it looks like? Right.
1: <laughs> you know, I wonder how much something like that would be worth now. I mean, I would only think that you could use it as a prop. Have you ever watched, the TV, see, come across an old tube TV and watched a program on it as compared to the quality of the picture that you get out of your, your high-definition 1080i TV? <laughs> we, <laughs> we wonder... It, it looks like the, you're watching the moon landing. Again,
2: you know, <laughs> we do have a tube TV in the basement still. Um, it's very heavy, and it's probably—I want to say it's probably a 27-inch, twenty, twenty-four inch, something like that. It's from Rachel's grandparents' house. I don't know why we still have it, but we have like we have a PS One hooked up to it, and uh, I haven't turned it on in a while. But you're exactly right. Like if I guess we I could put a DVD in there and uh, maybe sit and make the kids watch a movie and say this is what it used to be like. Maybe <laughs> You don't old, know how good you have it. Maybe an old episode of the Dukes of Hazard. we could pull up.
0: <laughs>
1: maybe some Magnum P.I.?
0: Yeah, oh, yeah.
1: Oh, the A-Team. They'd love the A-Team.
2: Oh. Rachel uh, went to the library, and they have book sales, and she brought me back. Um, like two seasons of the Dukes of Hazard and two seasons of the Brady Bunch. <laughs> I think on DVD, if I'm not mistaken. I haven't watched them yet.
1: The very first thing that I bought when I had my first real job after graduating college was a 27-inch color TV. And I lived up, uh, I don't know if you remember the place, Uh, right next to the Toledo Hospital. It was a 3 story apartment. I lived on the top floor and I lugged this thing up those three flights of stairs and it had to be like 80 pounds and there's tight corners to turn.
2: Was it a flat and screen with the tube in it? No,
1: uh, that, that technology was a little beyond my price range. It was my first job, Scott. Okay. Come on. <laughs> but it was, it was so damn but i But I put that thing in and I, I couldn't believe how huge it was because growing up we had a 19 inch TV, right? Uh, that we watched, and this 27 inch, I was going, my, it's, it's going to take up the whole wall, you know. <laughs> I, I don't know what else. I, do. It's, it's, it's too big. Um, now at? we have our 60 inch, <laughs> and, I, and I think you know we probably should have gone for the 65. <laughs> Well, we'll move that to the other room. We'll get a big 65 for this wall. That way,
2: you know, it'll cover stuff up better. Right, right. You won't see as many wires.
1: Yeah. Yeah, That will be better that way. And that way, then we get the wireless uh, sound system that we can have around around the house. Because it's very important that I hear my um, uh, Walking Dead episodes and surround sound. So I think the zombies are coming from behind me. (laughs) What was that?
2: So so, how is how's the remodeling coming along? I know we talked oh, about that on the, the last episode.
1: Yes, the remodeling is complete. Just finished on Tuesday's what? So just yesterday it finished. I got two storm doors in, and it is all done, and it looks very nice. I'm glad that it's done. Nothing um, that you're going to see in Better Homes and Gardens, but very functional. Very, but very uh, uh, up to date. We took the house from being like a late 80s, early 90s decorative motif and brought it up to date. So nice. we have ourselves a nice big granite, granite island countertop and sit six chairs around it with a little overhang for um, a couple of bench stools. Uh, countertops all around the kitchen, new brand new sink, brand new lighting, got rid of all of this track lighting that was in the house, brand new lighting, brand new floors um, in the kitchen, master bath that actually works now. Redid that completely. Um, bathtub, nice big walk-in closet now for Penny. <laughs> <laughs> I, I I get uh, two drawers and a dresser <laughs> uh, in the corner so that, so that's nice, <laughs> and um, the uh, oh yeah, the other thing was we completely redid our laundry room, and uh, reshuffled all the rooms around. Made a uh, basically it made that a full bath in there as well. So the house now has three full baths, laundry room, uh, new access to our back room, which can substitute as a office space or a mother in law suite. Um, or if if anybody out there has kids that want to rent a room and go to the University of Toledo, maybe give me a call. We can work something out. They'd have their own private bathroom. It's all very nice. And now I I just went to the bank today and and wrote out a last cashier's check. And I'm going to be paying this thing off until Sydney goes off to college.
2: (laughs) And then you'll be paying for college.
1: And I'll be paying for college,
2: yes. (laughs) Uh, we gotta- so it is
1: all done oh I'm sorry And, and just, so now are the projects that I'm supposed to do and the project that I'm working on this weekend <clears throat> is a glass tile backsplash oh. and it is uh, it is going to be a challenge because it's one of those jobs that if you have the right tools it looks like it goes uh, fairly smoothly and if you don't have the right tools, and if you don't know what you're doing, which describes me to a T, <laughs> it's going to be a, a swear fest all weekend long.
2: So so you need a wet saw for that. Correct. Do you, do you rent one or do you own one? I will be
1: renting one. I don't own one because I really don't deal with cutting tile that often. <laughs> It'll be the first time I've ever done anything like this. But it looks so easy in the do-it-yourself videos.
0: <clears throat> right. But
1: you ever watch these do-it-yourself videos? All the and time. Do this, do the same thing uh, yourself and go, they didn't talk about this. They didn't talk about that. Yeah. Well, in these do-it-yourself videos for these backsplashes, they skip over the most difficult parts all the time. <laughs> <laughs> you saw your features. You're trying to make this thing look easy, and it's not. Maybe it is, but... Like cutting cutting these tiles around to fit around an outlet, um, according to the guys that are in the know on these videos, that's how you determine whether or not someone had done a really good job or not. And then when you come up to the corner, uh, if they, they make it a bended corner versus just putting another set of tile up next to it, that's how you tell if they did a quality job. Mm. So I fully expect mine to be... Um, at a three, maybe four different angles when the whole thing's done. You know, and, I, and I might lose a finger and a half using this wet saw.
2: You know what you need to do? or
1: Hire somebody? <laughs> yes.
2: <laughs> no, you need to make your own video of, of you doing this to show real people doing do-it-yourself work because, I mean, half the time, you know, I, I watch those videos too, and then I try it and you know, well, this wasn't, like you said, this wasn't in the video. Or, hey, there's an extra part here that wasn't, I didn't see that when I watched that. Installing a ceiling fan, you know, some, something like that. Because typically, it takes me three times as long to do something as it, as it does in the video or estimated time in the instruction manual. I give myself, if it says it's going to take an hour, I give myself three hours. And that's usually about spot on for me. So,
1: And you'll have to take, make twice as many trips back to the store where you got the stuff originally. Yeah. Because you need this now and you need that now.
2: Yeah, We could make a, a video series, uh, Do It Yourself for Dumbasses.
1: <laughs>
2: right. Because hey. that's how I feel after I, you know, I was putting together this stupid, uh, you know, just one of those closet made uh, cabinets. Because I was going to make a, I was going to cut a hole in it and put a cat door in it. And then hide the litter box in it. And then the cat could, it looks like it's a piece of furniture instead of a, you know, a litter box out and open. So I'm like, okay, I'm going to put this thing together. And I'm like, well, this, this doesn't make any sense because this part is way wider and won't connect to these other two parts. Well, so I took it out to the garage and I trimmed it. Well, I found out I was trying to put the wrong part in there. (laughs) So, the other part was I had put somewhere else, and then I'm like, oh, shoot, I just trimmed this part that really needs to go here, and it was, (laughs) now, nothing's the perfect size. (laughs) It was, what a mess. So, I mean, I still got it together, and then the cat used it a couple times, and Realized we realized it probably wasn't the best idea anyway.
1: <laughs> you did all this work so your cat could take a dump in your house,
2: <laughs> right?
1: <laughs> and you, the cat said, mm, nah,
2: "Nah, nah, nah. I'm good. It's too dark. I'd rather here.
1: dump over here. I I can't poop with this poor workmanship." <laughs>
2: I'm like I'm like waterproofing the inside in case the cat the cat sprays somewhere. I'm like doing all this work and then yeah. No. And then we still have the 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 cabinet sitting there. Um and we store cat food and stuff in it. Uh and but the litter box is sitting out in the open next to it. <laughs> <laughs> and there's a hole in the side of this thing. <laughs> oh. <laughs>
1: That's going to be really sad if your cat goes in there.
2: It just takes a dump.
1: <laughs> the cat. Does, I need my privacy.
2: The cat goes in there and sleeps sometimes to get away from the dog. So it it does serve some purpose. Like I said, we store cat food in it, but but it does not serve the purpose of of what it was meant for. And you know the other thing is I'm thinking, well maybe I can maybe I can put a cat door in the door going down to the basement. But I, I don't really want to cut a wooden door. No. And, and, and do that. So I'm like, well, maybe I, can, maybe I can put a hole in the wall through the drywall.
0: <laughs> and put a cat door that way.
2: Yeah. And <laughs> then I'm like, that's just stupid. I stopped myself.
1: <laughs> you know, anymore I can't find that I have time to read anything. Yeah. I'm watching all this TV or, you know, doing a project or, you know, something else. I, I just don't have a whole, it doesn't seem like I have a whole lot of time.
2: Yeah. I'm making you know, an effort to read more when I go to bed. And uh, I've, I've actually finished a couple of books lately. And the best thing is, you know, with your electronic devices now, you can go to your library website and download an ebook. So you can you can usually find what you want to read and have it on your Kindle or your iPad or whatever, your tablet, and just uh, borrow it from the library like you're actually going there and getting the book out.
1: Amazing world we live in anymore.
2: It is. And you can join libraries that you don't even belong to. Like I belong, I usually go to the Richfield Library, Akron Summit County, but every once in a while, I'll go to the Brexville Library, but I mostly did that so I can, they, you know, Cuyahoga County has a bigger selection of books, so they have more ebooks available, too, which is great. Maybe I should join the Toledo Library. The Lucas, is it Lucas County Library? Lucas
1: County Public Library. Nice. I'm a, I'm a member. We'll welcome you. I'll put in a good word for you. The initiation won't be so rough. <laughs>
2: I've never, uh, never had a fine at the Toledo Library.
1: I think we, my family keeps them in business and fines. <laughs> Every time I go in there, they'll like, uh, where I work is right next to a branch of the Lucas County Library in the village of Holland, Ohio. So I'll stop in there. I'll get a text from Penny. Hey, there's some objects to, or some books to pick up, or DVDs or CDs or whatever. So I'll go in there. I'll pick one up, and they they'll go, oh, well, there's a, a fine on. Uh, your wife's account. Say how much? Eleven fifty. What?
2: <laughs> the DVDs I add up you- fast.
1: Yes, they do. And your daughter has a eight dollar fine, and your son has a four. Oh my god! All right, here I'll just pay for them all. <laughs> Sorry, I worked the whole day to pay off for their fines. <laughs>
2: <laughs> but you know, you you don't feel as bad paying a library fine as you do paying some other fine. Because you know it was due. And the attitude is more, eh, it's going back to the library. It's going gonna, it's gonna to support some new material coming in and stuff. That's true. Yeah, new programming paid for by the Comas.
1: <laughs> but you go through, like, uh, my, my kids find it a treat to go to the downtown Toledo library. Uh huh. And we'll go through there. And there is just, uh, like any downtown library, the downtown Cleveland library is, is a work of art. Um, If you go through there, there are just row upon row upon row of books that have not been checked out since 1934. (laughs) And it is a, I I don't know how to describe it, but it's a colossal warehouse that no one's ever going to use is what it seems like, especially with things being digital. Like what I I did uh, recently at the Downtown Library in Toledo is I picked out some books about Anthony Wayne, the general, Anthony Wayne, who was a Revolutionary War uh, lieutenant colonel and, and later became general uh, in, the, in the Indian Wars. And he was very prominent in our area. Uh, in fact, our, our kids' school district is the Anthony Wayne School District. Well, anyway, because he's prominent in the area, there's a number of books that were written in the biography section that just happened to be scrolling through. And I started pulling these out, and I kept going back in time. You know, here's one from 1990, 1970, 1960. Here's one from 1940. Nothing was really written in 19. 19- and there's stuff in the 1920s and then the 1910s. And I, and I, and I pull that out, and you know, it was shocking to think that at that time period, I'm closer to that book in, in time wise than the author was when he wrote the the information about Anthony Wayne and all he went through yeah um that's that's kind of a mind blower but uh it's it's interesting to read these authors from back in that time that uh, you know how they wrote about things and the manner in which they wrote
2: yeah and how they uh, must I mean, have had to research this stuff did they have letters access to letters from from people or you know they yeah and those references are
1: long gone. And, and they probably had access to people who were grandchildren of people that knew the, the people, too, you know.
2: Right. Now, um, didn't didn't I hear that Anthony Wayne most likely used Columbia Road and Boston Road kind of as, as a trail when he was heading out west?
1: Either heading out west or coming back.
2: Because that was uh, an Indian what trail. trail. It was.
1: Yeah, that was an Indian trail, supposedly, and they're heading down into the valley. The, the troops just followed that and they, uh, cleared the path, made it wider is my understanding. Mm-hmm. And, um, our, where, where we live or where I grew up is right next to a, a, um, ravine called Columbia run. And, um, it's been replaced over the years, um, by the, the county engineer. And a culvert was put around it. but apparently, um, when they dug down and, I'm trying to remember if I saw this myself or I just heard the story, but they found wooden pilings from a bridge from the 1800s crossing that. But that is still, you know, in the 1800s, we're still talking a hundred years after Anthony Wayne going right.
2: So, hey, Matt, we got some uh, some listener emails.
1: Oh, I love this part of the show.
2: Yeah, this is always it's always interesting to hear. Um, here's one. My friend and I have a bet going. It's titled. Big, fr- big fan from the Ohio Valley, but my friend and I have been debating for several weeks now. Is Matt Coma real? My friend Lenny thinks Scott does the show by himself and does the voice of Matt to make it sound like there's a sidekick for the show. Is that real? Is that what's going on? I'm thinking my friend might be right, but how can Scott prove prove otherwise? I would say I'm not that funny, <laughs> and you provide all the comedy for this podcast. So really?
1: I, I thought I was the straight man. No wonder this show
2: stinks. <laughs> you're, you're the funny man. Uh, well, I can re- rest assured, listener. There are two of us, uh, as you can probably tell by the the differing <laughs> differing quality of audio that we broadcast. If I was yeah, making a voice <laughs> or talking over the top of each other, which we uh, which we do, <laughs> if I can do that by myself, I don't know if I'd be a millionaire. But <laughs> <laughs> hey, listen to me, I can talk over myself. Uh, here's one podcast gold. Ooh, this sounds this sounds promising. Oh, that's uh, that's a change. Podcast gold, and by gold I mean the show is good for two or three minutes. Then it loses its luster. <laughs> all right. Fair enough.
1: Oh, that one got to me. Hey, that's two three good minutes. If you could string all our shows together, that would mean we'd have almost a half hour of good material.
2: Here's one. Scott looks familiar. It just dawned on me. Doesn't Scott look like the penguin in Batman Returns? And Matt Coma looks like Iron Eyes Cody. Remarkable. I don't know uh, what Iron Eyes Cody looks like. Do you I don't know. know. It sounds like a cool name, though. <laughs> Iron Eyes Cody. Now I, I have to look it up. Iron Eyes Cody. Uh Oh, gosh.
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's nice. Good, sounding good.
2: <laughs> uh, Iron Eyes Cody was a Sicilian-American actor he portrayed native americans in hollywood films.
1: Uh-huh. <laughs> okay. Well, that's funny because when i was young from from the photos on our website you can tell i had very large eyes and uh, the neighborhood kids used to call me little big eye.
2: Little big. <laughs>
1: what was so, <laughs> Maybe like, i could have got some of those parts too. It's
2: kind of a native american name.
1: Exactly. Yes.
2: And your your siblings, all of you guys have very distinctive eyes. They're all big. I saw the picture of the passing of the cat uh, that your brother just posted on Facebook. Where right. where he is passing the cat to you kind of over the mantle of the fireplace. And your sister is sitting on the fireplace and uh, enjoying the, the moment.
1: What, wondering, what are these two idiots doing?
2: And you all have the same kind of look on your face with these big coma eyes. Hmm. What was that about?
1: That was just uh, an impromptu thing. If I remember right. That was about 1993, 92. We were just uh, goofing off for the camera. Oh, okay. And my brother was giving me the cat as my Christmas gift.
2: Oh. <laughs> I didn't know if it was a tradition, the passing of the cat
1: no no that that uh we had three cats roughly at that time and they were all terrific cats with great personalities but that particular one was sort of just sort of i guess if anything she just was sort of there (laughs) she was very pretty but she was didn't have the same sort of personality so she just kind of laid
2: yeah she didn't look (laughs) too happy in the picture no (laughs) and and finally one more email and this one's uh References our last podcast, Kool Aid. Oh, so, somebody listened. Yeah, somebody did listen. Kool Aid uh-huh. and graham crackers. What the hell is wrong with you people? Scott thinks he is so high and mighty. He is nothing. He is filth. Go get some hair, Scott. I, <laughs> I don't know. What is
1: that with graham crackers.
2: <laughs> this just seems uh, very vicious. I have to say, <laughs> I'm a little offended. <laughs>
1: There's nothing that's constructive in that, but (laughs) I still go back to uh, the Kool-Aid and graham crackers are two things that really just don't mix, like toothpaste and orange juice. If you're going to have a bread-type product that's sweetened, you really have to have uh, a a milk-type of drink to go with it, in my opinion.
2: I'm going to—it's kind of inspiring me. I'm going to go make a batch of Kool-Aid— (laughs) <laughs> and get out the Graham crackers and see if it brings back any memories from hobbits preschool. Maybe it'll help you take a nap. Yeah. Also, if you're interested, uh, have you ever made egg creams?
1: I would no, but I've read about those. I would love to try one because I love custard. I love anything with eggs in it.
2: Well, this says has no eggs in it. Well, I don't think I like this.
1: <laughs> well, it has egg in the name, so it
2: does have egg in the name.
1: We'll so, count that.
2: So, it's uh, it's seltzer water, milk, and a syrup product, like chocolate syrup. Or you could use strawberry syrup. And you whip it up, and it tastes uh, refreshing. I and think I'll put an egg in mine. <laughs> it The key is to get a nice froth. You whip it until there's a nice froth. If you look on the internet, you can see some pictures of these egg creams. And my friend in Arizona... And I, we, uh, we made these egg creams one night. He was in Arizona, I was in Richfield. But we took pictures, sent them to each other, and compared uh, who had the better egg cream. And he was impressed by the amount of froth I had produced on my egg cream. So Never
1: count out Scott Luther when it comes to froth.
2: And my presentation was very good, too.
1: I think maybe you should post that recipe on our website and have all our viewers go and listen or listen to go read that recipe and check it out yeah. and uh maybe write back with their own experiences about making an egg cream. Yeah. I know yeah. I'm gonna do it.
2: Egg cream challenge, post your photos. I think yes. that's that's the new contest. Egg cream egg cream challenge seventeen. So please uh go on our Facebook page, South Richfield, and post your pictures. Of your egg cream. I will put the recipe. Or you can look up a recipe yourself. I guess. There's My, this thing called the internet. Yeah. Mine didn't taste great. <laughs> oh. I think I was. But, I skimped on the chocolate syrup.
1: But you had a beautiful froth, right?
2: Yeah. Yeah. Mm. I drank half of it probably. The key is. uh, The key to a good egg cream. From what I've read. Make sure the milk is extra cold and your seltzer water also. So put okay. your seltzer water in the fridge, uh, let it chill, and then put together your egg cream.
1: I can't wait to try this. Yeah. I'm going to do this. It'll well, be fun for your milk. kids. Now, do you have to use uh, whole milk 2% skim cream?
2: I, I used whole milk. I saw some recipes where maybe it was cream or or you find that milk, you know that special milk that's like right from the cow, like organic or something. I have no Oof. idea. Raw milk? <laughs> raw raw milk. There you know, if you go to the grocery store and you go to a, a fancier store, they have some high-end milk. Like this H1A milk or something. I'm not even sure what the heck it means. H1N1? <laughs>
1: <laughs> I don't feel so good. And my wings hurt too. Wings. Uh oh. Um, <laughs> Shouldn't have drank
2: that. <laughs> no, it's it's some sort of milk. It's like highbrow milk. Hmm. But it's called a. Uh, I think it's like called a one milk or or something. Now I have to look this up. I drink nothing but
1: uh, Taiwanese human breast milk.
2: <laughs> Taiwanese. Yes. Oh here A <laughs> one milk. I found it. A the difference between A one and A two is proteins. Pro mm. wait. Oh it's a variety of cow too. Some European. Who knows? <coughs> it says it's on that Mother Jones website. You're drinking the wrong kind of milk, pilgrim. Succa. Some some Americans uh can't produce uh or uh you know digest. A1, which is a protein found in most milk from high-producing Holsteins favored by Americans. I have
1: a problem digesting uh, cow milk. That's why I drink the human milk only.
2: <laughs> and then most Asian and African cow breeds, the A2 protein predominates. So, Okay. I, I, you know. when uh, So what is it we're drinking then? A1. I okay. guess that that has uh, mostly the cows in America must must have A one. So I think you have to look for that A two if you have if you have some lactose intolerance or something.
0: Hmm. I
2: you know, this would be a good question for my great grandfather, Edward Luther, because this was a dairy farm for the first sixty years that the Luthers were here okay. from nineteen hundred to like nineteen sixty. Wow.
1: So uh my mom uh grew up on a dairy farm.
2: Maybe you should ask her, ask her about proteins.
1: I don't think it would they were that sophisticated, but I will.
2: <laughs> yeah, fine, at it was, least...
1: She'd be a very interesting person to to talk to. The work that she had to do as a
2: six year old that was astounding. It's insane. hmm I know I was ten when I bought my first computer and that was from working. Saving up my my fourteen dollars a week, uh, <laughs> and and going out and buying buying it, and I was ten, and I know I'd been working for at least a few years. I probably had to gather eggs when I was like seven years old. Wow! You need to find out from your mom what breed of cow they milked.
1: Judge by the pictures; they were Holsteins.
2: Okay. Yeah, that's uh, that's the A1 from what okay. this article says. So go to your store and look for that A2 milk or find the A1, the less prevalent A1 protein from Jersey and Guernsey cows. <laughs>
1: <laughs> or take lactate or buy lactate milk. Yeah. Or try my... Uh... My human breast milk from
2: Taiwan—that's
1: good too. Goat milk is available. I see that as as a high-end milk. Yeah. Yeah. I I um, <clears throat> I think the uh, intolerance that I have d- didn't really start showing up till much later in life too. So I wonder if uh, other folks out there—I uh, used to drink a ton of milk. I literally drank a gallon of milk easily in a day and a half we used to only drink skim milk. Now we drink nothing here in our house but whole milk.
2: Yeah, that's how um, we drink too, whole milk. Hmm. Skim milk doesn't taste like milk.
1: No, I got used to it. Um, and then when I, I would drink whole milk, I'd go, oh my God, it's like drinking straight cream. But, uh, you know, you do a bunch of reading about what really skim milk is and you go, wait a minute now. That's, that's not what I signed up for. And so you think, well, I want to be healthy. What's the healthiest of these options? And that's whole milk. So... Mm. That's what we got.
2: Well, that's that's the good stuff. You need it for your alphabets.
1: Yeah, you know I remember you having in our apartment having whole milk.
2: Yeah, I did.
1: And I thought, man, he's just going to clog his arteries. <laughs> Little did I know Ugh. that my skim milk was loaded up with sugars and wasn't really real milk anyway. It's all filler. Yeah. A, a plaster of Paris. <laughs> and watered down white paint and sugar.
2: I'm just glad you have that Taiwanese connection now.
1: (laughs) It enables me to still get my, my daily dose.
2: Well, I think that probably about does it for this episode of the South Ridgefield Podcast, so thank you, Matt, for joining me.
1: Always great to talk
2: with you, Scott. And don't forget, people, you can email us at southrichfield at gmail.com visit us on our Facebook page South Richfield or tweet at us on Twitter at South Richfield we'd love to hear from you
1: and as always on iTunes if you would please write a review it's the best way for us to get the South Richfield podcast out there to as many viewers as possible with one of those high rated five star reviews yeah, people.
2: Uh, people love it. Podcasting is podcasting is becoming a big thing, and we want to be part of it. I guess. Well, we're doing it. That's right. We're in it, baby. And so are all you out there in
1: podcasting. Yeah.
2: you Very much for listening. Yeah. Thanks for tuning in. We will talk to you all next next time. Hopefully, the Browns uh, get a good draft pick. Yeah, maybe we should have uh, a
1: post draft analysis to yeah. our fans. All three
2: of them. <laughs> All three who know who know who the Browns are. Yeah. Alright. Have a good night, everyone.